Ahoy, and welcome in to another exciting episode of Not Allowed to Die, your podcast about mental health, where I, Dan Magler, social worker and life enthusiast, answer your questions about mental health. Alongside me, as always, is Mariska, a three-toothed Patterdale Terrier, and she's a little bit wiped out. Uh, it's very cold outside. She does not like her boots. She does not like not wearing the boots because it's just too cold for the little paws. But fortunately, it's going to be warming up a little bit. So if you have a question for Mariska about paw maintenance, about why she licks her paws, we can answer that part. We know that when you rate and review the podcast, when you give us five stars, if you give us some comments, and especially something we've been forgetting to mention is when you follow the podcast, so you get every new episode and paw update, that's helpful. But if you have other questions, you can email us at daniel.magler, that's M-A-I-G-L-E-R, at L-I-B-E.com. And we will answer your questions. In the meantime, I will also talk about dilemmas that I'm seeing in my private practice as a therapist and my work as a school social worker. It is the end of 2022, and a lot of podcasts, again, are doing the sort of wrap-up and um, memories or best-of and that kind of thing, and I just didn't really feel like doing that. And there have been a number of dilemmas in my practice lately that I thought, well, I could talk about that. I'm like, yeah, when is it time to kick a family member out? And how do we handle that if there's physical violence in the home? But that seemed a little too dark and a little too depressing for, I want to be more of a positive <laughs> mood right now with the darkness. I was listening, and as those of you who know, listened to my last episode, heard all my recommendations. And I was listening on my walk with Mariska to the Atlas Obscura podcast. And there was an episode about this tank, a giant water tank somewhere in rural Colorado, where you can just get these amazing acoustic sounds. And they were interviewing, and I apologize, I cannot remember his name, this sound engineer guy who is, he's kind of the head of the trust that keeps this place open as a recording studio. And he said, the eyes acquire and the ears connect. And I love that. The eyes acquire and the ears connect. What is this reason why listening to things matters to us so much? For people who have Alzheimer's, hearing a song from their childhood can really bring them back to life in a way. It can help them connect. But I think more importantly, in our relationships, we I'm dealing with a lot of folks right now who are between relationships, we'll put it that way. And this is not the time of year where I recommend people starting new connections and new relationships. It doesn't mean that you can't date. It doesn't mean that you can't go out. But I like to think of it as if we were a restaurant and we were having what's called a soft open. A soft open is the doors are open, the lights are on, we're making food, but we're not promoting the opening, really. We're not having our grand opening. And in relationships, I recommend to people that the best time of year to have that grand opening is any time, you know, after February 14th. Let's do it after Valentine's Day. Let's get through the holidays and all the pressure that gets created by going on dates and, oh my gosh, we've only been dating for two weeks and it's Christmas or it's New Year's and what, are we going to do something together? Like, what does this mean? So some of those awkward things can be unavoidable if we're going to be dating. But I think if we say, let's make our heart open, let's announce to our friends that, yeah, I'm ready to be set up with someone sometime in March, sometimes just after Valentine's Day. That's when our heart open can begin, when we're really wanting to say, okay, the days are getting brighter and longer, the weather's getting warmer, 
and I'm moving into this stage where I'm feeling ready to be open and bring new things and people in. And as we are thinking about connecting to people, again, the eyes acquire, but the ears connect. So we're looking at these pictures and these profiles online and flipping through. I'm, I'm always speaking from vicarious experience. Fortunately for me, I am old enough that my dating life was happening before Tinder or, you know, any of these kind of hinge or so I don't really have the experience of Bumble or Plenty of Fish or Coffee Meets Bagel. So, um, but from what I hear, we're, we're looking, we're scanning these pictures, we're acquiring with our eyes. And if we see what we like, great. But we're not going to know whether or not it's a connection until we have talked and listened to this person. The ears connect. Now, again, sometimes that connection with the, I have uh, one of my clients and she was kind of excited because this guy's text game was really strong. And I think that is huge. If you're a gentleman out there and you are listening to this, pick up your text game. If you are a good texter, a lot of the women who you might be considering dating are going to be very appreciative. What does that mean to have a strong text game? Does it mean you have to be filling up the person's inbox? No, it does not. It just means if you start a conversation with someone and they respond, be ready to respond within 15, 20 minutes. Don't leave their responses unresponded to for long periods of time, especially if you started that conversation. So some guys are like, oh, I don't wanna be on my phone all day texting back and forth. But if there's good energy between you and that person, hopefully that conversation will feel good. And if you then are going on that date and you've had some good conversation leading into that, that will help the date to feel a little bit more comfortable. So when I say that the ears connect, sometimes that hearing, that listening, is not actually literally in sound, but it's in the portion of mm, texting back and forth. That being said, I am very consistently encouraging my clients to not just text back and forth, not just message, but try to have a phone call or even better, uh, FaceTime or, you know, Google video meeting or something else like that before that first date. And everybody, particularly the women that I say this to, they kind of cringe like, oh, it's so awkward. Well, guess what's more awkward? Showing up to the date and realizing that that person's energy is just not going to do it. It gives you, or as one of my clients likes to say, if, if it gives you the ick, you know, so if that person, this potential person that we're going to be dating, a lot of people, you know, on their profiles, they pick the most flattering picture of themselves. And I don't blame them for doing that. That being said, you know, you, even if the person looks exactly like their picture, sometimes just the way they move, the way their voice sounds, you'll pick up on some of their energy. Um, in Malcolm Gladwell's book, Blink, he talks about how they had people watch a interview and they had people, it was like a 40 minute interview. And then a separate group of people watching just all they got to see was eight seconds of the handshake between the prospective job client and the person interviewing. And there was a staggeringly high correlation between who they would want to hire. Eight seconds was often enough to get a read on a person, just the way they moved their body language. I don't know if it was their sense of confidence, but they kind of knew what they were looking for. And I think that's so often true. <laughs> so rather than having that first eight seconds, when you sit down at the table for a dinner, let's, if we can try to get some of those eight seconds out of the way, either over the phone, over a video meeting, 
So I know I'm old and I don't understand why these things uh, seem so awkward, but I think it would also just seem a little bit safer. I do think always letting people know when you're going on a date, where you're going to be, who you're going to be with, and trying to drive yourself or get your own transportation to that, especially a first date, is a good idea. Again, now we go in, we acquire with our eyes, we see how that person is dressed, what they've done to for their appearance, for their hair, for whatever their shoes, the choices that they've made, and that tells us some things. I was listening to Matthew Hussey's podcast, Love life. And I, again, recommend that one. And a woman was on there asking, am I too picky if I just won't consider dating someone if they have bad grammar? And he said, you know, again, that's, it's not necessarily that you're too picky. You need to be comfortable with the person. You need to feel like this person shares your values. And if it's hard and distracting for you to be connected to someone because of their grammar, then fine. But then we have to ask a deeper question. What else is it about that person? And what does grammar represent to you? Does it represent education and a value of that? So if you find out from people that this person is really smart and they might have amazing conversations with you and make you think that they really are educated in the most important ways, maybe you need to soften that. And every time you have something that irritates you, a pet peeve perhaps, you're like, well, I would never date someone with a mustache. Well, instead of saying never, let's look into that and think, well, what is it about that that makes you less appealing to, or that person less appealing to you? So again, allow your eyes to acquire, to make that first read of what could be dangerous, what could be intriguing, but then sit back and do a little bit more of that deeper work, the work of connection by connecting with the messages that that person is sending. Well, again, I just wanted to let a, give a quick podcast today and I know going into 2023, I'm going to be having a lot of guests that I'm lining up. If you have a unique perspective on mental health that you think the audience here would benefit from and you would like to be on the podcast, you can email me at daniel.magler at live.com. And right now I'm just filled with gratitude for my little podcasting space. I have this, my wife put this awesome space heater down by my feet. So my feet are warm and toasty. Mariska is very content. And I hope all of you are going into the new year with a sense of gratitude and contentment. We always say we want to try to practice gratitude and awe. And for me, again, the it's harder. One of my main things that brings me awe is the stars. I love when I'm walking Mariska at night, just staring up the stars. I have one of those apps where you can uh, scan the night sky and pick out, oh, there's Mars, there's Jupiter. And I think that's so neat. But um, whatever it is for you that brings awe, I hope letting go of 2022 all the pain, all the stress and saying, just like imagining we're coming out of the shower and we're leaving all the dirt behind. We know new grime, new dirt, new other things are going to get on us in 2023. We know 2023 will have its challenges, but I hope we're facing it feeling fresh, excited, filled with gratitude and awe. And I have Mariska and I have gratitude and awe for all of you, dear listeners. So thank you very much for spending some time with us. So until we speak again, do whatever it takes to get you through this world and remember that you are just not allowed to die. And now for something completely different. Sometimes there are no words. Sometimes we need love, care, support, and affection. We don't want to explain anything. For young people with mental health issues like anxiety, depression, OCD, autism, 
therapy is often not enough. Paws for Patrick is an organization dedicated to connecting the love of animals to the people who need it the most. We facilitate that connection by assigning the seekers who contact us a wish granter who listens to their story and their needs and helps them acquire an animal or training or documentation so they can have their emotional support animal or ESA in their apartment, dorm, condo, etc. We even have trained therapy dogs and handlers who bring dogs to people who can't have their own. Patrick rarely had the words to express his feelings and his needs, but when he had the love of his dog, Cece, he had the strength to persevere. We want to provide every young person who could benefit that kind of love and support. Please check out our website at pauseforpatrick.org. Find us on Facebook and Instagram. If you have a need, reach out. If you want to help become a volunteer, fill out the form on our website. If you can donate, great, but please at least spread the word so we can replace the suffering in silence that many people do with the smiles and security that only the love of an animal can bring.